your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. As that guy just said, I don't know why I do that. Should just delete that. I didn't do it yesterday. I forgot to put it in there. Uh, 608-785 is, well, let's give you the whole number. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. And pretty, I, I anticipate a pretty fun show, pretty interesting show about GMOs. Genetically modified organisms like the Terminator. And we're, we're bringing on Viterbo's entomologist, Ted Wilson. I think that's, I think that we could probably go just call him a biologist at this point too. But uh, he's been on a couple of times. We've had some fun conversations in the past. We talked about the murder hornets a couple months ago. And I think you know, a while back, we talked about something else too a while back. I know we, we even talked about mosquitoes and and gnats and just stuff in general that was really buggy, <laughs> really bugging us last summer. It uh, hasn't been too bad because it's been pretty dry this summer. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the, the, the Florida release of GMO mosquitoes. And of course, Florida does this, right? So we're going to have some fun with that. Just the idea of, of Florida doing a thing that uh, <laughs> is they're kind of the experiment, it seems like. But maybe not. Maybe Ted will maybe Ted will tell he set me straight and and give me uh, give me the rundown on this being whether or not it's being okay. And um, I was just reading reading up on on some of this and kind of all the different angles the the pros and cons of it and 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 Dr. Wills is going to be a lot better at this than I am but uh the the thing is called OX5034 it's <laughs> some kind of like male mosquito and yeah so uh population control essentially to 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 kill off a mosquito that that spreads disease pretty easily but I don't know how much I want to get into it at this point. I feel like I let Ted t- t- Ted talk about it, and then I'll crack jokes in between uh, in between what he has to say. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the the other thing that we were going to talk about too is is and he brought this up, so I'm going to let him him steer this conversation a little bit. But the the GMOs in general, genetically modified organisms, and and corn and he uh he's got a lot he he emailed me i'll i'll give you i'll tell you what part of the email said and it, because i i emailed him and asked him hey can we talk about this like this mosquito thing and that they're doing in florida this sounds crazy sounds dangerous right like it's 2020 we shouldn't probably shouldn't be doing anything experimental at this point and by you know they maybe they won't release these mosquitoes before 2020 is over because that would be in the best interest of the world. Um, but he he emailed me part of his email at the end. He said, "I'm not sure I told you this, but I worked with GMO corn for my PhD in entomology uh, at at Iowa State. We were working with various lines of corn that were produced by industry and testing them to see how they affected the environment and how effective they were at protecting corn to the corn rootworm rootworm beetle larva." And then the end hit the last thing he he writes 
So I could talk about this for hours, exclamation point, rare exclamation point. People, if you if you're writing emails, one exclamation point, maybe. And uh, so he, Ted Wilson wants to talk about GMO corn for hours. Well, we don't have hours. We don't even have an hour with him, but we'll, we'll talk about it because it might be, it might even be more pertinent to talk about that in, in this area versus mosquito larvae, but it's funner, I think, to talk about the experimental mosquito bug being released on the world. I mean, you automatically go to like Jurassic Park, right? You automatically think stuff like that uh, when it comes to genetically modified organisms. Literally, this one's going to be an organism. As well. I mean, you think corn, like GMO corn, you don't think of it as an organism per se as much as a, like, like seed or obviously a, a vegetable or is it a fruit? Uh, Joe's calling in. Joe, go ahead. You're on the air. I don't want to blow your mind, but honeybees are not natural. They're not Especially natural. the ones we have around here. Those are GMO. Those are specifically spliced in with other types of bees to make them produce more honey and uh, deal with our climate. I mean, it's stuff that they've been doing for a long time. I really blow your mind. All turnips, cabbage, broccoli, and cauliflower is all modified out of the same plant. Well, I mean, it was all all done through colleges here in Wisconsin, I do believe. I mean, if you just look at like watermelon, right? Like seedless watermelon, obviously that's not natural, but amazing. That's modified for it to start its seeds later in life so that by the time the melon ripens, the seeds have just started growing. So therefore you don't have to pick them up because they're not mature enough. Okay, Joe, what's what's the bee called? Because I'll just, I'll bring it up with Ted. I'm not going to remember it unless I write it down. What's the bee called? Do you know? Uh, most of your European honeybees are modified. Right? Okay. Modified. All right. I'll, I'll just jot it down, and, and if I forget, so, like, shoot me a text. They mixed them with African bees one time, and it ended up making them super aggressive, and they called it killer bees. So that's how killer bees came about. All right. So there it is. So European, s- European mixed with African bees, stop, and it really made them go bonkers. Stop messing with nature, scientists. Thanks, Joe. Uh, stop messing with n- nature. That's that's what I get out of that. Uh, European honeybees. Okay, I'll, I wrote it down. It's at the top of my list. I'll ask him. I'm I'm into that too. Like that stuff's all interesting to me. Uh, I probably should have should have been a biologist. I I failed biology though in college, or I was failing, so I dropped a class. Bio 160. When the when the professor put up the little Elmo, I don't know if he, older people know what the Elmo is. The like clear sheet of paper, and it went up on a projector. But he did it through a microscope, and he had everyone in the class like draw the organisms that were zipping by at 150 miles an hour on and off the Elmo screen on the projector. And like, draw that, and he put it up there for about 10 seconds. He's like, all right, everybody, draw this. And then he'd take it down, and he put the next one up, and, and you know, he's like, these, these all be on the test, so you'll have to be able to identify them uh, for the test coming up. And I was like, we got 10 seconds at all these things. And we're supposed to draw them? Like, what, how are we learning? This isn't learning. So I uh, became a journalist instead. Terrible decision. Don't ever do it. Don't ever go to college and study communication. Uh, that, unless you're an athlete and want to pass all the classes. All right, we're going to be back uh, in a minute. Brad's got to do the news. I'll call Ted up and continue this conversation after this. I'm with him. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. If you have questions about GMOs, genetically modified organisms, Joe already had a question for me, but Dr. Ted Wilson is on. He is the professor of biology at Viterbo University. 
Uh, has been on with us a couple of times. Ted, do you remember the first thing that we talked about when I brought you on probably a year ago? I, I know we talked yeah. about killer hornets the other, or uh, yeah. murder hornets, but what was the first thing? Was it just bugs? Sure. Bug oh. apocalypse. Oh, the bug. Yeah, that's right. And then I, I think I played a video of them bugs in, the, or I sent you a video of them bugs in a tree that 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 were my by me. But they oh, weren't, they weren't yeah. those uh, ash borers. They were something else. And you kind of explained to me what those were. Now it's all coming <laughs> back. Um, that's right. The bug apocalypse. Are we still there? Are we still on bug apocalypse? Are we over that? Because it's twenty twenty. No, no. It's a it, the general what what, you, what what the bug apocalypse. What that you know is kind of a saying about uh, general decline of biodiversity of uh, insects specifically, but also animals and plants in general. All right. So, and, and Joe just talks, texted me, or Joe just called, and he, he said, we have, do we have GMO, like, honeybees here? GMO honeybees? Uh, no. Uh, no. Uh, we ha- what we have are, uh, Euro- the honeybees that we have are primarily from Europe, European honeybees, Apis mellifera. Okay. And then, uh, I, know, I remember this story when I was growing up. Because I'm just going to cancel out Joe right away. Uh, uh, killer bees are those GMO bees? No, we didn't talk what GMO means, but yeah, kill, no killer bees are actually. Um, if, well, if you want to talk about killer bees, there's actually more aggressive variety of of of, of the bees uh, for, that are generally in the southern parts of the United States that uh, um, we don't generally have up here. But just killer bees in general, I would say I would stay away from that term. But yeah. Okay. Are we mutated? Uh, are are we like uh, what do we call it? mating different B types to to kind of like genetically enhance them? Not GMOs per se, but like crossbreeding. Maybe is that what we're is that what Joe maybe was talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So right. So so genetically modified or GMO is different than natural breeding or crossbreeding. So we we as humans we've actually been breeding animals for what. Uh, 12,000 years uh, in plants. Uh, all of our all of our modern day uh, uh, corn, soybeans, tomatoes, all of that, dogs, we have actually bred through natural breeding or bat cross specifically type me- methods. Okay, so my golden retriever is uh, is one of those. For sure, yeah, he's <laughs> he's a he's a he's a breed of dog that we actually. Uh, as humans adapted through breeding from wolves. So we actually, what we, what we think we specifically did is we reduced, reduced the amount of testosterone in them, and that actually had various uh, changes in them, including coat color, less aggressive, and then we've, we've just taken it to extreme measures now with dogs nowadays. Yeah, the aggressiveness of my dog is only at tiny little sticks. She tears them apart, like, <laughs> and that's it. Like, oh, the stick! Give me that, and then tears it apart, and then she ta- she's tail wagging after that. All right, so I want to talk about the uh, the GMO mosquito here. We'll do that in the in the in a little bit, but I, yeah. I made fun of you uh, before you came on, and sort of behind your back, uh, you said you could talk oh. about GMO corn for hours! Exclamation point! A rare exclamation point, not often used by doctors, professors in the collegiate <laughs> field. Uh, so most, most likely used on Facebook in comment sections all after all caps. You didn't go all caps, but you did go exclamation point. So, so what is so interesting about GMO corn that, that you could talk about it for hours? Sure. So, so let's just back up just a little bit and just talk about GMO specifically, because what that is, it's not natural breeding. What we've actually done, we've been doing this for about 30 years now is 
or more is we actually take a piece of DNA, maybe call it a gene, but sometimes even less than that or more than that, and we can actually isolate that, and maybe it comes from a bacteria, right? And we can put that little piece into another organism. Maybe that other organism is a plant or even an animal. And now that piece of DNA that was, was originally in bacteria is now in something completely different. Um, so we call that genetically engineered or genetically modified organisms. It's kind of a ter- um, it's kind of a terrible name. GMO it, GMO is okay. It sounds kind of weird and it gets catchy to a degree. But when you say genetically modified organisms, the word organism just doesn't correlate with something like corn. It's kind of a weird phrase. Yeah, organism from a biological term is pretty much anything that's alive. <laughs> so uh, you often hear genetically engineered. Um, I, some scientists prefer prefer that term. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it can be, it can be a scary because it is a, it is a kind of a vague term. The, the, the GMO too itself. And when you, when you talk about our, our corn crop or crops in general, um, it gets affiliated with like Roundup and Monsanto. Are these, yep. they're, they're like, they're a little bit, one is the other, but the other isn't one, right? Like there's, there's a correlation there, but not, not totally. Sure. Sure. So we we, uh, we you can you can actually um, some some of the herbicide resistance, virus resistance is actually considered to be genetically modified. Um, we can also um, what we can also do with genes is we can actually uh, deactivate certain things or activate other other genes when they normally wouldn't be activated in, in an organism, and that can actually um, give it maybe that plant an advantage. So with like Roundup, what actually what we're doing is some Roundup actually stimulates the plants to kind of explode in growth and die. So if something is uh, resistant to that, they, they're not sensitive to those particular chemicals. And the problem with Roundup, right, like, I, first of all, we're spraying it on, like, every we're, they, they do that to get their crops to die all at the same time, right, or, or to, to yeah. mature, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so Roundup is a herbicide that specifically will target um, one, one type of plant, and the, in your field is, the, is a different type of plant, so, like, grasses versus broadleaves. So if you have if you put if you had Roundup ready uh, soybeans for example that would kill the the, the, the anything that was uh, not Roundup resistant. Yeah, and then the and then there's there's lawsuits against you know the idea that we're just eating plants that are doused in Roundup and the the fact that Roundup may, may be harming our bodies to some degree, right? Yeah, and I, and I, and I believe that lawsuit is specifically with uh, being exposed to the sprays, you know, not necessarily consuming the plants that oh, have yeah. the Roundup in it. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I always read. I, I was reading some stories too, and we're getting we're getting away from your larva corn story. I know. Um, just the the idea that all our cereals have this chemical in them now that that we can't run away from anymore. Yeah, and I don't necessarily wouldn't call it. I mean, I guess technically it's it's a genetics. So a chemical or something like that isn't quite accurate, I would say. But let's say, for example, uh, so go back to corn, right? So we have something called BT. BT corn, Bacillus thuringiensis, is actually the agrobacteria bacteria that uh, we took uh, a, a, a DNA sequence that actually kills insects. So in our corn nowadays that is uh, transgenic with the, the BT gene in it, actually any insect, a specific insect that eats the corn dies. So that it's a protein that has actually um, actually is causing the effect on the insect, but it comes from the DNA. Yeah, that that sounds great. Except that, can I eat it then? Because I feel like um, I I shouldn't be eating that. That's kind of the worry. <laughs> 
Well, that's, the a, that's a personal <laughs> preference, right? And so you, uh, there are organ- organic varieties of just about everything that does not have genetically modified or even chemicals applied to it during production or storage. Um, and so there are governing bodies. So e- uh, the EPA, USDA, and FDA all would be involved with something that is in our food chain. What is the so you said you studied this at Iowa State? It was part of your doctorate in entomology, I believe. That's right. And so, did you make any giant breakthroughs when you were there? What was like the most? You know, it's funny to say because it's just nerdy biologist talk. But like the the most exciting thing that you 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 came came across when when you were doing that stuff. Yeah, so we were actually not developing the varieties of corn. We were actually being kind of a, a of a of a, a third-party reviewer of the company's uh, products that they wanted to release. And so we were, we were generating data trying to get to the real truth of what this stuff was doing. And so I was actually working with a variety of corn that was resistant to a, an insect called corn ritworm. And uh, it actually wasn't even released for humans at the time. Now, since then, it's, it's out it's everywhere. Um, and we were trying to figure out, you know, how is, how is this corn actually affecting the uh, the beetle? And I actually did another side study to see if it would kill earthworms as well. So I kind of got out of my six-legged realm and got into the worm worm realm. And uh, we found that with earthworms, it wasn't doing anything to them, but it was certainly killing the beetles quite effectively. Because that's kind of important, right, if the thing was killing the earthworms as well, because earthworms, I, from what I can tell, aren't so – we kind of want those. We want those around, right? Super important. Do a lot of stuff, good stuff in the soil, re- recycling, also aeration, and all that, all those things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and so that that variety of that variety of corn is now released, and uh, and it's something where, as a society, you know, we in the United States, we do have input. It's just I'm not I'm not sure everybody knows when we are making the decisions if those, when when those decisions are being made. Now, when you sit down for supper every night, do you always have something with that corn in it? And then you tell your family, hey, kids, this is your dad's corn. I had a part in making this corn, whether it's cereal or, or just anything. Uh, like Corn isn't everything at the Wilson family's dinner. Well, right. I, I, and I wouldn't necessarily take, take claim with uh, making that variety of corn. We were just testing it on the side there for them. But uh, if you aren't buying um, genetically or, I'm sorry, um, organic uh, cereal, you can pretty much assume in the United States that it is genetically modified. We do not separate. Uh, we do not separate that unless it's organic. All right, we're speaking with Dr. Ted Wilson. He's a professor of biology at Viterbo University. Uh, we're talking about the exciting world of of corn and GMOs and, and GMOs in general. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on in Florida and the idea that Florida is going to be the experimental case uh, with this new mosquito called. And it, is this right, Ted? OX5034. Uh, uh, yes, that's one of them. Yep. Okay. Right. Uh, it sounds straight out of, it sounds straight out of the new version of the Terminator. That's all. That's what I yeah, see I, here. Yeah, I think we could come up with a different name, but that's the one. <laughs> right. OX5034. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back after this. We got Scott's comment coming up and the news uh, right here on Wisdom. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. There's a couple of texts here. We got Dr. Ted Wilson on with us. He's a professor of biology at the Viterbo University talking about GMOs and and in terms of the uh not not yet we haven't dived into the mosquito world yet, but the but before we do that, the most successful GMO Ted, what what would you say? Yeah, yeah, it's, that's a th- 
it depends on what you say of success. So in terms of planting worldwide or uh, in the United States, it's going to be corn and soybeans for sure. Um, there's another one, too, um, golden rice, super successful, where we genetically modified rice to have beta carotene, and it saved uh, hundreds of millions of people's lives. Okay, because that's a pretty successful one as well. Where where does watermelon rank with seedless watermelon? Because that's uh, you know pretty much every time that's the one I can really see. I can see it. How there's, do they make that? Right? How do they no, get the seeds? Right? Right. There's no seeds. You know, if you did that with corn, it wouldn't be very good because you would just nope. be eating the husk. It would be terrible. Not the husk. The uh, the rind, I guess, or whatever you call it. Uh, um, yeah, that's that's the one I see. Like just watermelon, no seeds. I I appreciate this because when I was a kid, you know, my uncle. Always, we buy, yeah. My my uncle always made a joke about you know you swallow those seeds, you're gonna fart them out. They're gonna come out your butt. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So in in Florida, you can you can try to you, just take me down the road here, and you, okay. from what I've been reading, they call you know some 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 health uh, maybe. Not experts, but some advocates are calling this the Jurassic Park experiment. In Florida, of course, Florida is going to be the experiment. We shouldn't have Florida doing anything uh, that's that's the first in the world, right? Like the, with these genetically modified mosquitoes called, this one's called, uh, you said ox, so ox 5034. Well, I don't want to pass judgment on Florida, um, just as a state. But in terms of having their, their share of mosquitoes, they certainly certainly are a good candidate if you were going to do something like this. All right. So what can you describe exactly what uh, what the Ox 5034 mosquito is? Yeah. So it's very clever of what the, uh, what the uh, they have done. This is this company that has done. So what they are doing is they're actually taking advantage of the life cycle of the mosquito. And so when they've, they've actually genetically engineered specifically the males to express this uh, trait, is that any a female offspring that they produce die during the larval stage, which is when they're in an aquatic stage. So essentially only males survive to adulthood, and the new males actually can pass on this, I'm not sure what to call it, a female lethal trait um, to the next generation. And that's important because um, for two things. One, females are only obviously lay the eggs, that's one. And the other thing is the females are the ones that bite and actually would transmit any, any diseases. Of course, it's the females that we all hate. Um, I'm not going to pass judgment on that either. <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah, the, this idea that this is going to just be another one of these Florida man, Florida company, or Florida company OxyTech. I know it's a British company, but company in Florida, you know, creates mosquito ends ends all civilization. That's going to be the last story in every newspaper ever. You know, we have these Florida man stories. This is this is a thing that's been going on for a couple of years. The the Florida man. Uh, and I, I wrote a couple of them down, Ted. Drunk Florida man arrested after crashing into drive sober or get pulled over sign. Florida man arrested after using company's coronavirus relief funds to buy himself a boat. And uh, well, to read another one, Florida man intentionally drove Ferrari 360 mi- 300, Ferrari 360 into ocean at top speed. So, I mean, this is just going to be the last ever story, the last ever Florida man story. And this British company is called OxyTech. And I think when people think about, oh, we're going to genetically modify mosquitoes and then it's going to kill off the mosquito population, there will be no more mosquitoes. And then then it'll just trickle up from there. There won't be any more bats. There won't be any more, you know, and you just keep going and going. Uh, Everything that eats mosquitoes and then whatever eats the things that eat mosquitoes will be dead. 
You know, and that's a, that's a really good point because we view mosquitoes as a pest, rightfully so, because they're biting us. But they're also an important part of the, the ecosystem, right? As you mentioned, things eat mosquitoes. And uh, we, you know, if we totally removed mosquitoes from the environment, we very well could have an ecological disaster. Um, so the, the risk-reward aspect of this really needs to be take, to take place. And the EPA in the United States is, is first and foremost responsible for looking into those things. Now, this... this GMO mosquito is it's, it's going to go after like a certain breed of mosquito, and I can't, I can't. It's a eighties Aegypti. I don't know what is Pretty it called. Pretty close. Aegypti is the is the specific uh, genus species of the of the mosquito. Okay, yeah. so it's just one type of mosquito, so we don't have to worry about all mosquitoes being wiped out, right? It's just the one that gives us Zika and ye- what yellow fever and all these other diseases. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, th- so. Th- the mosquitoes generally only uh, the mosquitoes species, the Aedes aegypti, for example. There's Anopheles mosquitoes, Culex mosquitoes. They they will transmit generally specific things. Although there are some crossovers, and you mentioned a few of them. Um, so if we do remove Aedes aegypti either temporarily or permanently, um, it will reduce the uh, the amounts of virus or, or diseases that they are transmitting. But uh, yeah, if you only do it for Aedes aegypti, yeah, there will be other species around. Yeah, and then the worry here would be like, well, what's what's preventing this GMO mosquito maybe from passing on this gene to other versions or other breeds of mosquito, right? Like, if this is going to happen, it's going to happen in Florida where it totally backfires <laughs> and kills everybody. Yeah, it's well, the risk of cross or cross species uh, transmission or something like that is pretty low. I'm not aware of that happening in mosquitoes. Um, but certainly you can uh, have subpopulations or the, or the, or the population can evolve and maybe be resistant to this or overcome it. Um, you know, so it is, it is, uh, there are, there's certainly risks to this that, uh, don't necessarily reach the level of destroying all of humanity, but definitely can have a, a huge detrimental effect on the environment. Florida man and woman <laughs> run over by patrol car while lying in road to watch eclipse. Florida man shoplifts chainsaw by sticking it down his pants. Florida man's cat denied entry into strip club. So this is where we're starting this. These Why? are real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are real headlines. I got them off the internet. That means they're real, Ted. Uh, though there's links to these stories. There's mugshots. Oh, we lost Ted again. All right, <laughs> this happened. This happened during the break too. Ted's uh, Ted's in his office. It doesn't have great great cell phone reception. Uh, I should have called his landline, but. Um, yeah, so the the idea of having these having Florida do this with uh, with the mosquitoes in in terms of it's just going to be the last ever Florida man story that we ever have as a society. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. I got to I got to call Ted back, and uh, we'll continue this after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Ted's back, Doctor Ted Wilson, professor of biology at Viterbo University. Uh, Ted, you're in your office. Why don't I just call your landline? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know either. Yeah, <laughs> should I should steal that from you the next time we have a bug disaster? Um, all right, we're Sorry talking about, about we were talking about GMO. Obviously, talking about GMO mosquitoes and, and the idea that it's going to end or not end civilization. This could be a really great thing too. Obviously, it's if if it if it turns out to be something that works. How long? Because this is something I've been trying to figure out for a decade or so. Um, but yeah. how long would the experiment go before, you know, we'd implement this elsewhere? Texas wants to do it. But if I was Texas, yeah. I'd be like, you know what? We'll wait for the Florida Keys to do this and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I really imagine um, 
I mean, if it, if it is, I imagine you know, if I try to peer into the future and not being, you know, on the front line with their, their, their researchers of that, this is probably not a long-term effect. They probably do this seasonally. Um, and uh, so if they are having an outbreak, they would release these, uh, these uh, males that would, have, that would give birth to uh, uh, basically inviolable females. Um, it's not likely a lethal gene like this lasts long in the population just because of that, of that factor. Um, other nearby populations may come in and, and be able to uh, re- replace the, uh, the the males. Kim, can is this a seasonal thing in Florida though, or are these mosquitoes prevalent all year round? Yeah, no, it's certainly it's certainly a, a mosquito season up, has, rises and falls, especially uh, obviously here in, in the upper Midwest, uh, but certainly also in Florida. They're more likely to have something all year round though, because they don't have a winter that kind of reset everything like we do. I read that the, the, the Florida Keys budget, they budget more than a million dollars a year, uh, which is a tenth of their total funding to fight these mosquitoes. Isn't that amazing? And see, that's one of the other aspects that, we, I mean, as, as researchers, as science, we can say, hey, this is what we can do. But as society, which, which the pros and cons? One of the things that this could do is that they would replace actually spraying other chemicals out. Uh, which kill everything that, besides just mosquitoes. It also kills spiders and other beneficial insects, butterflies and moths, perhaps, um, depending on which chemical they're using. So that that could be a benefit from this. So it's really it's an interesting question to kind of wrestle with of what do you do. Right, and then and you're in the Florida Keys, so obviously them chemicals, you're in the wetlands, so them chemicals go into the water and then everything's affected. Like this is kind of the dilemma we have everywhere. Everything's getting into our water. Uh, yeah, they have the Florida Everglades down there. That uh, is huge, hugely important water source uh, throughout southern Florida. So, um, you know, introducing and that's one of the things GMO with corn and soybeans has done is it has reduced some some chemical applications that uh, farmers have had to do instead of having GMO corn can put it right into the plant itself. All right, I asked you earlier the best GMO success story, and you said the corn and soybean, I believe, and. Is there a worse? Is there a worse GMO experiment that the one that's gone wrong? Do you know? Oh, a worse, a worse one. Um, well, the ones that are bad generally uh, um, you don't hear about too often. Uh, there was a there was a variety of corn. It was it was called Starlink corn that actually only got into uh, cereal and it wasn't released for uh, um, uh, human consumption yet. So they learned a lesson there about cross pollination between fields. So that was a pretty bad story. So Starlink corn. Uh, uh, has gone away. Um, we haven't even talked about you know a- other animals, but right now we don't have. Uh, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but uh, right now there's no GMO animals in our food chain. So something to keep your eye on is if that becomes the light, that that's going to be a very a brand new thing. If say they had GMO cows or pigs or something like that, right now that that does not exist. And that's different than what we're talking about. Where we're growing meat in labs, right? Totally different thing. No, oh, yeah, that's completely different. So this is this would be actual animals that have a, a gene or two that was changed in their 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 genome. Um, yeah, and we we do have like we're we're trying to are we trying to save something like the white rhino? This might not be your expertise, but where where the no. white rhinos are gone, but we save some ri- white rhino sperm, and we're gonna you know mate it with a, a, a similar rhino somewhere else. Yeah, kind of, you know, kind of go down the trail, the the the, the, uh, the story of cloning. You know, you could take actual clones of animals. It's not necessarily, I wouldn't call that genetically modifying something. That's cloning. But we've been cloning animals for several years now. One of the first successful ones was Dolly the sheep. We actually made a clone of a sheep. All right. So uh, getting back to this mosquito, the, the Ox 50, uh, Ox 5034, 
Um, this isn't the only time this has been done. There's, this has actually been implemented. Uh, th- so this isn't like the first time we've tried to we, we've tried to modify a mosquito and we've released it into nature. Has uh, this has been done elsewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, a, a really interesting attempts have been tried to do using um, junk and modified mosquitoes to help control malaria. Um, not really a problem here in the United States, but malaria is one of the one of the most uh, detrimental diseases, of parasitic infection, technically to humans. And so they're trying to control mosquito populations in Africa and other countries that have that malarial problem. Also, a, a, a vector disease virus or a, a plasmodium actually sent a virus through mosquitoes. Has it? And it's been successful over there. They've had some, some limited success with it, yeah, yeah. And then, so, again, they are trying to, rather than have sprays and very poor regions of the country, maybe really trying to control the actual, basically making the mosquitoes resistant to the to the pathogen is what they're doing. But the mosquitoes are actually sick a little bit, too, believe it or not. Yeah, because the, the, the best the defense over there at this point is, like, mosquito nets. You always hear about, like, they they're, you yeah. know, need funding for mosquito nets. But, um there's That's also right. is is it the the idea that you're doing it over there for for different reasons like it, it seems like hey if it works over there why don't they just do the same thing here is it just because it's a different mosquito and and you got to do a whole bunch of different things to it yeah and plus you're trying to uh, control well you're trying to control uh, a virus instead but here you know they, they are they aren't necessarily going after the virus in this case they're going actually after the whole mosquito population and trying to reduce that down to low levels and more specifically get rid of those darn biting females. When are we going to GMO humans so that we don't have COVID? Um, for me, <laughs> hopefully, I hope not ever, in my opinion. <laughs> so it's all right to do it to mosquitoes, but we don't want to do it to ourselves. Well, you know, the societal question is, you know, should we or should not do it to mosquitoes is a societal question. Science says that, yeah, we can go ahead and do it. And that's that's one of the things, if you do have a strong opinion about this, you you should be pay attention to one organizations like the EPA uh, has uh, comments for this, public comments, or there are organizations that are for or for against it. Go ahead and be involved in that. It's important to have your voice heard. It is important, but there's a petition out there with 235,000 signatures against this thing, and uh, they seem yeah. to be going forward with it. In Florida alone, this petition, and you know anyone yeah. around the world can sign that petition, but uh, it's a changes.org position, p- petition, I mean. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I, sometimes I wonder if they're actually – you hear this all the time. There's you know 95% of the comments were against this, and eh, we're going with it anyway. Yeah, and that's uh, that makes you wonder, too, on the politics behind the scenes. Um, but you also – I mean wh- – what often is said, all you have to really look detailed into the complex research our documents and what what EP, the EPA does. I wouldn't say the EPA is perfect. They all they can often uh, maybe overlook some things, but they do rely on other institutions like universities and uh, to do some of their research as well and collaborate with them. The other the other country that seems to be doing this with a with a bug with a mosquito. I think it's uh, did I lose it? It's Ox fifty one three A. So it's a kind of a same. The similar name for these stupid, the stupid names for these bugs, but Brazil <laughs> says it's been 95% effective. So I don't know. Can we trust Brazil with anything? Well, uh, well, <laughs> it depends. You know, I, with the, with the research for sure. If it's, if it's good documented research that's reproducible, then uh, then uh, that's something that we you put you put some uh, meat behind. But uh, um, it kind of just goes into the to who did the research and what the actual results looked like specifically. So that was probably produced and given to the Environmental Protection AG as part of the evidence. 
All right. Viterbo University biology professor, Dr. Ted Wilson, I will just leave you with these three things. Drunk Florida man tries to use <laughs> taco as identification. Florida man had daughter sell illegal brownies at school. I don't know what illegal brownies are, but we could imagine. I think I do. <laughs> and Florida man burns through $180,000 fighting lawsuit, barring him from posting cat photos. That's all the details I have. <laughs> uh, Florida's got a hard year tonight. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thanks a lot for, for joining us, Ted. Thank you. All right. We're going we're gonna to take another quick break, and we'll wrap up after this. I'm with him. All right. Welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Just wrapping up here. A couple minutes left in the show. Thanks a lot to Dr. Ted Wilson from Viterbo University for joining us again and, and putting, up, putting up with us a little bit. Uh, I don't know what crickets means. Libertarian guy's texting me crickets. But I don't know what that means. Uh, Joe texted in, too, and asked if we can modify Twinkies to produce vitamins. I don't, I don't think that I don't think it works that way. We would have to. No, I don't think so. I did text Ted to ask, but I don't. He probably thinks that one's uh, a little bit too silly to uh, to reply to. Um, yeah, this whole idea of uh, genetically modifying a mosquito and then unleashing it onto the world is a little disturbing to me. Uh, Eric from Sparta's calling in. We got it. Eric, you got 30 seconds. Go. Yeah, it's a particularly bad shoulder day. And, uh... All right. <laughs> so, um, very productive, Eric. He's very nice. Eric was so nice, I believe, yesterday or the day before. He's praising the great show. Um, but I didn't take his call today because I'd just rather have a conversation with Ted instead of Eric. You can all thank me later. Um where is it? I had one more. Oh, Ted did text. Ted, Ted did text me back, Joe. Uh, great question on modifying Twinkies. Uh, he said, technically, yes, they have corn in them, so that if so that if that corn had more vitamins, then they would be GMO. But since they are already manufactured, we could just put more vitamins into the Twinkies. So there you go, Joe. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. To wrap up the week. Thanks a lot. <laughs>